Hey everybody, it's July 9th, 2022, and you've arrived to Just Thinking 2022 with Stan Wanglin. How y'all doing today? It's a beautiful day here in Enwell, New York. It's 78 degrees outside and sunny, and I just came in from outside, hanging out in the pool, playing some cards with my lovely wife, enjoying just a gorgeous day. We're going to go out and see the uh, horse races tonight and do a little gambling. Maybe have a little dinner outside. So it's been a wonderful day. And I thought, what a great day to do a show. Uh, since we're starting all over again on Just Thinking 2022. So this is, would be season three, episode number two. I hope you enjoyed the introductory um, uh, show that we had yesterday on the, or the other day, a couple of days ago on the exhausted majority. Uh, I had a couple of nice comments from folks on that. They, they thought it was a good show. And uh, thank you very much. Uh, today's show, um, it's kind of another topic that's out there. I have, a, you know, a series of shows that are on, you know, current things, but my spin on them, stuff that I've been thinking about for a while. And today's show I really call Heart of Darkness, uh, you know, and it's about uh, my impressions of what some of the the issues are regarding all the violence in America with guns and some maybe some interesting takes for you on that. And... Uh, you know, some of it's from my personal observations, uh, some of it's based on scientific things, some of it's based on just theory, but it's it's kind of my spin on things. And um, it's not to entertain you or I to be uh, serious, it's to kind of explain, uh, take a peek at, be a critical thinker on some of the stuff with uh, violence in America. And, uh, you know, for us to get maybe a little bit different understanding of what's going on. Some of it will be things you've already heard. I think the first thing for me, when we look at, uh, or I look at uh, guns and gun violence and uh, things like that, I look at it on so many levels. Historically, you know, over the course of human history, you know, all societies done this, you know, whether it be, of course, of course not with assault guns, but my goodness gracious, you know, all the different empires, whether it be the Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Romans, the uh, Greeks, the Hindis, the whatever, whatever culture you can think of, uh, the Slavs, the Germanic tribes, the Celts, I mean, people slaughtering other people, it, you know, is, is nothing new. Uh, most of the time, you know, due to our own lack of understanding of history, most people really don't even know their own history in their communities, no less their country or ancient history or anything else like that. You're never equating the violence with uh, things like serial killings or things like that. And that's just wrong. <laughs> you know, where you say, hey, there's like mass murders. What, what's the matter with people? Well, over time, yeah, there's been mass murders all over. Uh, you know, people would ride into a town and in, uh, in the old West, and that isn't a joke, and just shoot the hell out of the place, shoot everybody up, rape, pillage, and plunder. The Vikings, uh, you know, the Mongols, uh, it, it, people, Native Americans, uh, indigenous people. Uh, you know, they just see you uh, and they were nativists. And, you know, when I say nativism, I mean, you know, just like a more dominant animal than another animal or species, they take what was yours and do what they will with you. And if you were hanging around, uh, you know, and couldn't defend yourself, yeah, they'd, they'd shoot you up for whatever reasons or beat you up or cut you up or bang you up or whatever the heck it would be. And that's just a fact, Jack. Uh, you know, that's the history of, uh, of Homo sapiens. Uh, you know, and lots, you know, other 
other groups of, uh, of, of animals or species on our plant planets to a lesser extent, uh, you know, and human beings have a thing where they also, uh, it's a process called nexting. I mean, unlike other species, to the best of our knowledge, they're thinking about the future and thinking about the past and dwelling on things and, um, you know, the, a whole host of emotions that are not just based on, you know, survival. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. They're based on some things which are perceived erroneously uh, or imagined or anticipated and they haven't happened yet. And then we act on them. Uh, and that's, I think, just one of the situations that we're in right now. I think that a major error that's happening uh, in our thinking, in our culture, and in every report that I see, there. People think they're getting down to the heart of the matter and they're terribly oversimplifying things. And then if you come up with certain arguments, uh, you know, as like I'm saying, heart of darkness, uh, people are going to say, oh, you're, you're talking the same thing as the gun, you know, the gun companies. If the guns weren't there, look what, you know, they're not doing this and that. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. The, the real thing, I think, with guns and violence to such an extent in our country, and it's there in other countries just as well, if not more so in many places. And, and I'm not going to get into that in other continents and other uh, cultures, uh, you know, because it sounds like you're bashing another culture, and I don't even want to get into that, but they're extremely violent, way more violent than we are. But uh, they don't come into school and shoot things up, but they shoot all the cops up, or they come and, you know, rape and pillage and plunder, you know, all the young females in the area and kill all the elders and just all kinds of terrible things that are done, uh, you know, and they do them with guns and machetes and every other thing that they can think of. Anything that's available to make the killing more effective and more brutal and whatever, it seems that human beings will do it. And, um, you know, when put in the right circumstances. And I think that's what's happened in our country. And here's the, the big key to this heart of darkness thing that I'm talking about with America, if I haven't jumped around too much with history is that, you know, you know, there's an old saying uh, in terms of behavior that if you, if you get the head to understand something, the body follows, uh, you know, and I think that's what happens with us in our culture and other cultures. The head being the values, the perceptions, the, the understanding of reality, the, um, the uh, enculturation as a term, you know, how you've been enculturated, how you've trained to be a citizen or how you've been enculturated or trained to be part of what we do as human beings, be part of your tribe. You know, what is the expectations? Do you feel threatened? Uh, you know, do you feel emboldened? Whatever. These things fit into this violence that we're seeing. The other thing is that we look for a single cause and we're hung up in this country just terribly by politicians and other people and the news media and academia sometimes uh, with just a really oversimplified, silly uh, impression that the violence that we see is caused by one factor, meaning guns, by assault weapons, by military-grade weapons, by whatever. And that is just not the case. I heard somebody say the other day, uh, uh, you know, we don't need these military uh, weapons, great weapons in the average citizen. And I would, I actually do agree with that. 
but not because I think that that's the cause of the violence. I think that it increases the level of fatalities when somebody's made a decision to be violent. They're not the cause at all, uh, in my opinion. And here's the idea. We're confusing causation and correlation. The, the extreme violence, the, the, you know, the, the, the rapidity of, of people getting hurt or the manner in which they're getting being hurt may be caused by the guns, but, you know, these assault weapons, uh, you know, in a greater way, but it's a correlated feature. It's not the cause of the violence itself. The gun is not the cause of the violence. And you hear people think that that's an archaic view or it's a, a silly, oversimplified view, but it's not. It's not. The dark heart, the values, the anger, the addiction to violence, the addiction to war, the lack of empathy uh, with other human beings, the extreme self-centeredness, um, the lack of uh, training in terms of proper um, behaviors in our culture, or poor training and being trained to think that violence and violent activity towards certain groups is acceptable, uh, whether it be towards women or older people or different races or different ethnic groups or different socioeconomic groups. They're not single causes, but they're correlated features. They become like the elements of a perfect storm. And th this is this is like the, uh, you know, my favorite play, uh, which describes how dysfunctionality starts with people, you know, inherit the wind about the Scopes monkey trial. When you have all these crazy, divisive, unrealistic um, or poor values that are permeating your culture, whether it's a small group, the culture of your family, the culture of your work, the culture of your nation, whatever it is, well, you develop... Uh, a real uh, bad environment sometimes, and instead of getting what you want, you inherit the wind. You know, you inherit the wind. As Lincoln said, you know, house divided against itself can't stand. And when you get all these divisive kinds of things in there, uh, amongst technology, amongst social media, and everything, it creates the perfect storm. And then the perfect storm comes out this way. Now, when I talk about, just so that people know, causation versus correlation, I'll give you a, a different example of the same thing. When it was so hard to get a divorce years ago, and it really was difficult to get a divorce, and it was really looked down upon, and it was very inconvenient, uh, and, uh, you know, very much slanted towards the person who had the money, it was slanted towards the you know, the mother for certain things, and then slanted very heavily towards the father and other things. It wasn't fair in, in many ways, but uh, the terrible trauma along with, you know, the divorce, people thought that that was due to the breakup of the nuclear family of mom and dad. You know, the kids were, you know, they're, they're messed up because of, of the divorce, so let's not do it. But actually... When you look at it, and when longitudinal research was done, or research was done over time with large groups of people of divorces, yeah, they do have kids of divorce do have higher rates of anxiety. They do have higher rates of depression, as of the studies that I saw years ago, and many other 
uh, you know, negative behaviors uh, or negative experiences, you know, because of the divorce. But it wasn't because of the divorce itself as a cause. It was due to lots of other correlated features, like when you get a divorce, your income changes in the family. And 90 chances out of 100, it's not for the better. So that's a negative correlate, kind of adding into a, a perfect storm. Uh, there's usually lots of animosity between the mother and father or the, the, the parents or the, the partners or whatever it is nowadays, uh, you know, that people want to call themselves. And stability uh, has been destroyed. So that's feature number two. Uh, people oftentimes wind up believe, you know, losing their family history and have to move to a different home, a different neighborhood, a different school. These are all big stressors. There are no one single cause. Now, I've just given you five of them. How about a new brother or sister? How about a parent or a partner for your biological parent, um, you know, who doesn't like you, who doesn't want a kid, or you become a financial burden, or you're competing with stepchildren, or brothers and sisters, or people are acting weird towards you with different values, food, income, religion. Get the point? There's lots of features that fit into this, this bad situation that results in these problems. Now, my premise for the heart of darkness here, the gun issue that we see, is we have the same darn thing going on in our country. We have, you know, uh, tremendous change in the, how families interact. We have a tremendous change in uh, how people can engage in religion or how they can engage in politics. Uh, to tremendous amount of tribalism, a tremendous amount of inequity in terms of social economic status, uh, racial status. You have a tremendous technological change that's happened with the internet. I mean, we're moving to the multiverse. You've got people who don't even leave the house. And you've got access to every kind of information. Think of what I'm doing here right now. I can just sit in my, my, uh, my office and I can put this out over the air and seven people may listen, listen to it like uh, somebody did the other day for the first show. And then all of a sudden, a couple of months later, it'll be 7,000. So if I say crazy things or I say things that agree with you and they're harmful, you know, they may, this is the stuff you're looking for. And there's billions of pieces, not millions, but billions of pieces of information out there uh, like this. So we have that technological thing. And then we have the multiverse. And then we have changes in enculturation. Like I said, changes in our religious and moral standards and our standards for education. Uh, all of those kinds of things uh, that are going on. And uh, are most of them good? No. Lots of them are awful. I know for many of my students that uh, I, I taught at um, uh, State University of New York, Broome, uh, SUNY Broome, uh, you know, the community college for 20 years. And I would tell people, yeah, I like video games, but violent video games, man, no kidding around. And it was, oh, that's not true. The study. No, that is true. And it goes all the way back to the uh, studies on observational learning from Albert Bandura. 
you know, when you have kids that are sitting in there behaving peacefully, and then you, you show them, uh, you know, by design, a bunch of kids in the next room through a glass mirror beating the hell out of one another, the kids become more aggressive. Now, I was listening to a show the other day that had the same premises of, of I forget the author who was on. And I said, yeah, God bless this guy. Go check your Netflix out or your, your primetime video or any of your Roku uh, channel or Tubi or anything you're watching. And then go on the action pictures and look at the number. I don't know about you, but if I start channel surfing, there, sometimes I've, I'm, I've actually looked at like 10,000 titles. It's unbelievable. Look at how many of them are revenge motives. I spit on your grave, hostile John Wick. And I, you know, I love John Wick, but it's the most violent thing you've ever seen. What I'm trying to say is our culture, particularly our Western culture and the culture in the United States, whether it be Westerns with shoot 'em ups with everybody getting popped, killed, murdered, uh, you know, I'm 72 for crying out loud this year. And that's what I watched as a kid with World War II movies and cowboys and Indians and all that kind of crap. There was always somebody getting scalped, shot, the shit beat out of them or whatever. But it was mild compared to now. I mean, oh, my Lord, it's as graphic as could be now. And then you have all the serial killing things. You've got all the revenge movies like, you know, John Wick, somebody killed my puppy. You know, Jesus Christ, they told my car. That's it. I'm going to kill you a, a million different ways from Sunday. Look at the number of titles. I can remember in 1970 with all kinds of crime waves going on when uh, Death Wish came out with Charles Bronson, The Mechanic, and then the Dirty Harry things with Clint Eastwood. I can remember being in the movies watching it. My jaw almost dropped with everybody. And that was in New York City. Our jaws almost dropped and people were applauding and saying, that's it, you know, shoot that guy in the ass. That's how people get riled up. And we're a culture in America that thinks everybody wants democracy, that everybody's entitled to it. And that is going to be another show I'm going to do. Of course, I'm for democracy. Of course, I'm from truth, justice in the American way, as they used to say on the old Superman. I love all that stuff. But it doesn't mean that that's our right and that's the rest of the world. That's something we confer on one another in this great country. There's another thing we also confer on in, in this great country. We confer a lot of pain on people who don't agree with us. And, you know, we've been doing that quite a bit, man. We've been doing that ever since I was a kid and before. I'm not talking about World War II where you get into a war and you've, or, you know, that you've got a fight, that you've been attacked. I'm talking about things like the Korean War. I'm talking about things like Vietnam for all those years. I'm talking about Iraq, Afghanistan, all those things. Wow. You know, not a good thing. I'm not saying we, we don't have to respond to some of those things, but we have just war after war after war. We are addicted to violence. And we identify with that. You're loving, uh, you know, watching the A-Team. We're loving watching Top Gun and then Maverick, you know, 49,000 years later. And I saw him. It was great. And I'm just getting as, you know, high on the hog as everybody else watching these guys blow the shit out of everybody. But it's not a good thing for impressionable minds that, that uh, don't have other values. And what do we think now? We're actually in a society where you can have a group of people on January 6th, I hate to bring that up, but I have to, can try and overthrow the, the, the capital 
and have a riot and kill people there. I mean, did people forget that? People died. One of the rioters got shot in the face. You know? And other people were beaten senseless on there and then died afterwards from a variety of things. That's no joke. And you got the president of the United States at the time egging people on. I mean, you, you know, if you think that's a lie, man, then you're not going to like a show like this, you know? Those are, the, those are one of the things for the perfect storm. So we have this addiction to war. We have this addiction to violence. We see it 24 hours a day. And then we're surprised when we have 300 plus million people in this country, when some knucklehead, when some sick person, when some angry person, someone poorly trained person, some mentally ill person decides to kill a bunch of people. And then we say it's the gun. Well, the guns make it easier to do, but I'm, I guarantee you in our culture, I, I don't know what you, people are even thinking when, you know, yeah, I don't want those guns. That's just a, just a thing you can do to lower the firepower. Because I actually heard on Morning Joe, which uh, I just happened to, I, I can't stand Joe Scarborough. I mean, you know, he, he's worse of a talker than I am for crying out loud. But he was talking about home protection. And he was saying, yeah, you know, I, I come from Florida and I'm, I'm for the Second Amendment. I lived in Georgia and it was very, you know, for a number of years. And here, I, there's actually a lot of violence where I live, unbeknownst to me half the time. And it wouldn't be a bad idea to, to have some kind of uh, mechanism. It could be a weapon to protect your home. There's a lot of violent crime in the area here. I don't want to be a victim. Uh, you know, on the other hand, he was saying, well, a shotgun is sufficient. You bet your ass it's sufficient. As a matter of fact, I don't want to give anybody an idea, but if I was going to go out and try and murder a bunch of people, I wouldn't carry a, 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 an AR-15 for crying out loud. I don't care how fast it pumped it. You have all kinds of shotguns you got that you can buy for, for crying out loud. You could pump those things like a maniac. I don't know if you, now I watch gun channels all the time. I'm a, a, I used to be a handgunner in Georgia. I do not own any weapons for many years and I don't right now. But uh, my goodness gracious, I'm not opposed to responsible people having guns. But uh, if you think that there's not weapons out there by the droves, you're nuts. There's, there's plenty of things just as, or wilder than that. I mean, with a shotgun, all you do is point and shoot. You know? They're so powerful, you have to be very careful about the type of load you use because the same with an AR-15, a for real one, when you shoot somebody in your home, when it goes through them, it's going through the walls in your home and hitting somebody in the next house. And it's the same with certain calibers of shotgun, you know, with, with certain, uh, you know, the sizes of the, of the shot that you use. You have no idea. And, and, and those of you who are, you know, people who are experienced with guns know what I'm talking about with those kinds of things. So, the, you know, thinking that this is going to go away, you know, because of guns, no, no, it's not going to go. You're just going to have the potential to limit the damage. Now, you know, you can see it's not just in America. One of the most violent cultures of all time was, uh, you know, in a, in a historically violent culture is in Japan with the uh, Code of Bushido and samurai uh, warriors and everything else. My, my goodness gracious, you know, 
when people think that, you know, the Japanese are a bunch of peace-loving, lovable people, that all may be true right now. Uh, you know, they have a very violent history, as do many of the other cultures in Asia. You know, not that they're any better or worse than we are. They just, you know, that's the way their history evolved. However, it was such an oddity that, and look at the, 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 um, the, the former premier over there, Abe, just got killed. He got assassinated the other day with a homemade weapon uh, uh, by a person. But when you look at what they do for weapons, it's rare over there because of their culture. Uh, they were very, very violent during World War II and an, an aggressor. So they, they've really chilled out with guns, as with Germany. I mean, you know, countries like that. I mean, I'm German and Swedish. You, you don't want to, you know, start... <laughs> giving uh, German people a whole shitload of uh, handguns, buddy. I mean, that's that's not a great idea. I don't care what year it is. But um, the point being is my understanding was there's they have a 12-step process for you to even get a gun, you know, over there. So that helps reduce, you know, the kind of firepower that people have. But there's ways to kill people. And that's what we'd have to ask here. Are people killing people because of the guns that are available? No, no, not in my opinion. There, we are enculturated. We are being trained or we have a lack of training in terms of values and understanding what our community standards are in terms of violence. We worship war. We really do. We worship the military. And my grandson was in the military. My son was a career military person. I was not a career, but I was in the military. My father was in the military. And I've done many shows on, you know, thank you for your service, where I, I can't stomach that, that continuous thank you for your service. And not because I disrespect the military, not at all. And not that I don't thank people for their service. I think it's a bogus line of bullshit from the people who don't have to serve in the military. I know because I was in the military when there was still a draft. And let me tell you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have what you have now if there was a draft. You wouldn't have people doing five tours. They'd be tearing up the friggin', you talk about Black Lives Matter or the, the, the riot on the Capitol on January 6th. Hey, I was around, I was born in 1950. I was in college in the 60s and 70s. And man, there were people tearing this country up. They didn't want to go over in a rice paddy and get blown up and get burnt up and have 50,000 casualties or anything else like that. It was no joke. So it was a more peace-loving kind of mentality at the time. Now it's different. We have other people who say that they'll pick up the slack and do our job for us. So when, you know, the president, whether it be Trump or Biden or somebody else, makes a harebrained decision, they want to send troops over and everything, you don't have to worry that you have to go. And you can love war. You can love weapons. You can watch a lot of violent films and everything else. And you can uh, do whatever you want to do or think it's a terrible thing. But uh, think of what I'm saying. Nobody says anymore, hey, man, don't go over with that military. That's a wrong thing. That's a war crime. Nobody does that anymore. You get sent over there. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm sorry I had to get sent over there. I don't agree with it, but thank you for your service. Yeah, when you have a non-conscripted army, remember one thing. You may have some patriots, but you also have an army that's a bunch of people that are like mercenaries in many ways. Yeah. People don't realize many people in our, our, our armed forces are not American citizens. Many. 
It's something to think about. See, these are the correlated factors that tie into shootings, that tie into things. And the last piece in this little half hour show that I wanted to do today that ties into all of this is you have people, since they're not getting the proper values, they're not getting the proper training, the society is in a state of constant tribalism and all the other features that I mentioned, they're constantly feeling like they're victims, that they're being victimized by the government, by business, by if you've taken out college loans and now you have to pay them back. What the hell do I have to pay? Well, you took them out. What do we, a lot of people were, you know, just kiting loans for things. Who forced you to take them out? I was actually talking to a family member the other day and she said to me, she says, you know, making people dress up in my office is elitist. I said, why is it elitist? You know, you know, I'm not saying you have to dress up if you're, you know, in your office, but what if you're going out on, you know, isn't there a thing called marketing? Maybe the, maybe the dress code is casual because you're, your your clientele or casual people and they enjoy that maybe people want you know if you're investing lots of money or it's highly technical they want to see you 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 presenting yourself uh, in a professional way you know those kinds of things anyway you get the idea all of these features will lead us into uh doing a lot of wacky and screwy things and think about them heart of darkness. And I'll catch you next time on Just Thinking 2022.